The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. What happens when you discover something that doesn't exist? Then we travel to Australia to take a look at an underground organization that's looking at committing a nationwide kidnapping spree. And then we travel to New York City to meet a man who has officially declared war on the Shadow People, today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. I hope you guys are having a great day too. Hope you guys are having tons of fun doing whatever you're doing out there in the world. We got a ton of stuff to cover today, so first off, walking into Dead Rabbit Command. We got a ton of stuff to cover today, so first off, walking into Dead Rabbit Command. We got a ton of stuff to cover today, but first off, walking into Dead Rabbit Command, making his Patreon debut. Everyone give a round of applause for Thor Doss. Woohoo, yeah, come on in, Thor Doss. Welcome. Thor, what a powerful name. Thor walking into Dead Rabbit Command, bench pressing all of us. I wonder how many other people are named after deities. Are there a lot of people called Raw? Actually, now that I think about it, there's a bunch of people called Jesus, which is named after Jesus, so there's a lot of them. There's a lot of them. Thor, you are not original, but I do love your name, and thank you for supporting the show. Thor, you're going to be our captain, our pilot this episode. If you guys can't support the Patreon, if you guys don't electrocute people, that's fine, too. Just help spread the word about the show. That really, really, really helps out a lot. Thor, let's go ahead and toss you the hair hang glider. Everyone grab onto his muscular waist. He's going to jump off the highest point of Dead Rabbit Command and glide us all the way out to an old folks home. <sighs> I'm kind of chuckling because this is one of those stories that I came up with probably like three weeks ago, a month ago. And I go, I don't know if I can ever talk. I don't know if I can actually ever talk about this. This is so bizarre. And as I'm holding on to Thor's waist, I think, man, this guy, really, this guy really got a bad luck of the draw. These three stories are absolutely nuts. This is probably the weirdest one we've talked about in a while. We're landing at this old folks' home, and we're standing outside Sunny State Glen. It's just a beautiful day out, and we see a bunch of old people walking around with their walkers and wheelchairs playing bingo and stuff like that. And I turn to you, and I go, I think I've discovered something that doesn't exist. I think I have found something that breaks all the rules of not just the internet, but human desire. <laughs> You're already trying to walk away, put my hands on your shoulder. I'm like, ah, nope, you've already downloaded the episode. You have to listen to all of it. That's the rule. The other day I was sitting outside. This is, this is, I know people are always like, oh, it'd be so cool to hang out with Jason in real life. Trust me, it's not. Trust me. <laughs> it's way more insane than anything on the podcast. With the podcast, there's a filter. 
where I can edit things out, right? And when I'm, people are spending time with me in public, they're like, oh, no. I was sitting outside the other day with a friend who will remain nameless. I'm not going to bring them into this whole thing. I was sitting outside, and I go, do you think there's an Alzheimer's fetish? And they're like, they don't. They didn't want to engage. They didn't want. They didn't want any part of this conversation. Basically, it was a monologue. I go. I waited for them. To, I waited for them to respond. There was no response. I go. Do you think there's an Alzheimer's fetish? I'm fully in public as I'm having this conversation. I'm sitting down in a park. I go. Do you think it's possible that there is either a group of people who want to have sex with people who have Alzheimer's? Like, that's their fetish. They want to have sex with people. <laughs> you're, like, hitting on them. You're like, hey, baby, what's up? They're like, oh, I remember I was called a baby once on the Titanic, which happens to be right now. We're both on the Titanic. And you're, like, getting all turned on. Is there that? Or are there people who fetishize having Alzheimer's? Either one, right? Either one, because there's fetishes for everything. There are people who think that they're like big old babies and stuff like that, and they walk around in diapers. I, you have to change them and like give them a bottle and stuff like that. There's people who fetishize that. So is it possible to do the reverse? Is there someone out there, in the 7 billion people on their planet, is there someone who gets off on the idea of one day having Alzheimer's? And I thought about it. <laughs> I almost lost a friend in the process. I thought about it very loudly outside. So I started looking it up. I And again, I was like, clearly there, I'm going to find some weird deviant art group or some just like dark corner of the internet where people are talking about this stuff. Think about just the fetishes we've covered on this show. The people who had silicone injected into their genitals. I'll put that episode in the show notes. <laughs> You're not going to go to the show notes. We've talked about a lot of fetishes on this show, and they're all just absolutely insane. The people who like to wipe their herpes on toys in Walmart. Put that episode in the show notes. The one you're like, Jason, please don't stop. We have all sorts of crazy fetishes out there. Is there anyone who's into having Alzheimer's? It turns out, no. I looked all over to see if I could find some sort of bizarre subculture that fetishized Alzheimer's, zero, none. We have human babies. Well, all babies are human, but we have uh, adults wanting to be babies, but we don't have adults wanting to be old people who have lost their memory. And I started to think, why not? Why not? Now, on the one hand, I started to think, okay, I can understand why there's not a bunch of Alzheimer porn out there. Because at the end of the day, that would be considered non-consensual. They think they're having sex with Harry S. Truman, but it's really Mike from the nightclub. Um, it would still be considered, I think, by most people, non-consensual. And then the idea of someone fantasizing about being an elderly person who can't remember anything who keeps fading in and out of time periods mentally, doesn't exist. I was shocked. I was absolutely shocked. I'm glad it doesn't. This is one of those things that I'm glad it doesn't. But I'm kind of shocked that it doesn't. People are chopping off their legs for sexual satisfaction. 
That's a recognized sexual fetish. Where are all the people who want dementia? I don't know. Or maybe it's coming, right? Maybe that's coming. Maybe Alzheimer's and dementia and all that stuff. They didn't talk about that stuff when I was a kid. It was not part of the regular discourse. It was just the crazy lady down the street. Maybe it's something as it becomes more part of society as people, as it, more people get it, and we maybe it will become a fetish. Maybe I'm just ahead of the curve. Again, hopefully I'm not. But uh, yeah, it's just something disturbing that I discovered that doesn't exist. <laughs> Thor Doss is flying away, flying away in the hang glider. He's like, nope, I'm done. I'm out of here. Find another Patreon, dude. Thor, let's go ahead and toss you. <laughs> Throw him the keys anyways. Thor, let's go ahead and toss you the keys to the Jason Jalopy. We're leaving behind this old folks home. Folks, folks. We're leaving behind this old person's home. We're headed all the way out to Australia. Let's head back to the year 2019. We're in Australia. We're going to meet a support group called Domestic Violence Against the Men. This is a support group that's on Facebook. I'm not one of those people who thinks that men can never be the victims in these type of things. Men can be the perpetrators. Men can be the victims. So on the one hand, when you see a group that's domestic violence against men, I get it, right? I get it. And it does suck to be a man who has suffered sexual violence or physical violence. And society's just kind of like, whatever, dude, brush it off. Rub some dirt on it and get back to work. It sucks. So on the one hand, I totally get that. On the other hand, though, the Domestic Violence Against Men Facebook group, back on September 12, 2019, called for a national uprising in Australia. They declared December 1st, 2019, to be the day that all Australian fathers should take their children away from the mothers and then file false sexual abuse complaints against the women. And that's that, that's a bit of a bridge too far, right? Because, and I, I see, again, like I can sympathize with someone who's suffering from physical abuse or emotional abuse from anyone, man or woman. But what they were trying to do was they were trying to, one, basically the idea is that the fathers are getting a bunch of false sexual abuse complaints about them. So let's flip the script. We all take our kids to another state, another state in Australia, and we file false sexual abuse complaints against the women, it will completely clog up the Australian justice system. Whether or not the mothers ever did this is irrelevant. We're using the courts as a weapon against them the same way they've used the weapons against us. Now, obviously, this this never happened, right? I mean, the, the, the Facebook posts are real. The threat was real. But there was never this mass uprising of this group. And I actually came across this story back in September of 2019. And I typed up a little bit of notes on it. And I go, well, let's see if something happens on December 1st. Obviously not. And this, was, this wasn't something I just stumbled across on a Facebook group. This was being reported in the media over there. And I took those notes and I kind of filed it away. I have a folder called Maybe. Which means, like, I'm going to wait for the story to develop. Or maybe it's too weird. <laughs> maybe the Alzheimer's one should have ended up in there. Well, I've been going through the maybe file recently, and I saw this one. I go, let's see whatever happened to this group. Let's see whatever. Because obviously I know the mass kidnapping thing didn't happen. So I pulled them up. When you're covering true crime, there is still kind of a 
a layer between you and the story, right? I'm reading words on a page. There have been a couple times I've researched stories. I found the the photograph on the true crime website of the 13-year-old girl who had been murdered in her living room. That was not a pleasant photo to come across in the middle of the day. And I've seen, you know, obviously video footage. I'm watching, reading a news article on some not mainstream news website, and there's like video footage. There's a story about like someone being stabbed to death, and then they autoplay the video footage. That's never fun either. I go to this Facebook page and it shows the, they shows like these close up of these toddler's wrists that have burns on them. Like someone took a curling iron or a cigarette and put it on these little kids' wrists. It's horrific stuff, right? You don't want to see that when you're eating a bagel in the morning. But I come across that. And obviously, like he's saying, this guy who's posting this website up is stating that. His wife is doing this. His wife is burning his toddler and he can't get custody of his kid. I mean, he keeps posting these photos and he keeps posting these photos. It's just tragic stuff. And we cover on the true crime TikTok, right? That's on that I have up on TikTok and post to YouTube from time to time. We cover actually a lot of stories that are kind of this reverse where it's the woman faking allegations against the man or it's the woman abusing the kid and the dad trying to get that stuff. We we do cover a, quite a few of that on the True Crime TikTok. But again, like those stories are always cut and dry, right? The stories that I'm covering are after the court cases and things like that. This story, it's just a picture of a toddler's wrist burned. And, and the last post is from February 17th, 2021. We have no updates from here, but he keeps posting these pictures of this toddler's wrist with burns in them. And you know, he's like, this is what my wife's doing to him. This is what my wife's doing to him. And, you know, all this stuff. And that sucks, right? I, that totally sucks. Like, let me take you at your word, dude, that this is happening. It sucks that you can't get custody of your kid. But then he's posting stuff like this. Quote, this is exactly why suicide or violence rates are so high or murder-suicide happens. Unquote. I feel almost, I'm actually surprised, I was actually surprised to go back and see that the Facebook group was still up. I'm surprised they didn't shut it down. In the Facebook group, he keeps talking about this guy named Charles. He says that this father's name is Charles, and I don't know if Charles is the one running the group. That's kind of the implication I got, but I could be wrong. But you come across that, and you're like, this is one of those true crime stories waiting to happen. Like, hopefully nothing happens, right? Hopefully... The if if the mother is doing it, that the father gets custody of the kid. But I mean, if the they're talking about like murder suicide and stuff like that, like I don't want, kind of want nobody to have the kid, right? Like I want an aunt or a grandma or a grandpa or whatever to have the kid. If the mom's burning him, <laughs> I'm so sorry, this is so depressing. But the mom's abusing him, and the dad is even having an inkling, even thinking for more than one second about murder suicide. Then you can't be near that kid either. Tragic, right? It's tragic. And I, I listen, you could easily have a group like this, uh, on the one hand, free speech, right? And they're trying to fight for what they see as justice. And he may be in the right. I don't know. I'm getting just his point of view the, with the photos and stuff like that. But the murder-suicide part, I, that's not right at all. That shouldn't even be an option. But if someone's saying, hey, man, my wife's abusing my son and I can't get possession of him, I can't get custody of him. Like I said, we cover that all the time on the TikTok. And then the mom goes nuts and like drowns the kid or shoots the kid or throws the kid out of a moving car. We see that. 
And a lot of times the justice system is set up to be like, well, you know, we'll keep him with the mom, even though the mom's like doing meth and stuff like that. So I, I empathize with that. But calling for a national rising up of fathers to, if you're starting off as kidnapping kids and then the second phase of your plan is filing false sexual assault reports. Like at a certain point, you kind of have to look in the mirror and go like, are we the bad guys? Like they're the bad guys. Find that where that's how they see them. They're the bad guys. But what we're doing is atrocious and contemplating murder, suicide and creepy stuff. I, the, the, the website hasn't been updated since February 17th, 2021. So you could see that as either a good sign or a bad sign, right? It could be a good sign that the guy just is like, you know what? I'm done with all that stuff. I'm going to move on with my life could be a bad sign because this guy may have done something that makes it so he can't post crazy crazy story crazy story i really don't have any other way to wrap that up for Doss is like okay those two stories are pretty rough what's the third one jason what do you have for me now well thor i'm gonna go ahead and toss you the keys of the carbon helicopter we are leaving behind australia take us all the way out to the city that never sleeps New York City. A sparkling gem on the east coast of the United States. I've never been there. I don't know how sparkling it is. I am a child of the 70s and 80s. When I was growing up, it was a urine-soaked, prostitute-filled murder capital. Nowadays, maybe it's better. I don't know. But someone who would know is Phoenix Reborn 69. Let's go ahead and call this guy Tony. We don't have his real name. I came across this post the other day. It obviously had a bunch of buzzwords I'm looking for. He wrote, I have been tortured. Because <laughs> I'm all into that anytime anyone puts tortured online. I get a Google alert. I have been tortured and accosted by spirits for six years. And I'm ready to share with you my war with them. Hot diggity dog. I'm always down for a good human versus the paranormal type story. I'm a sucker for the hidden war trope. Shows like Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Angel. The idea that you could be on the streets fighting this great war. While the rest of civilization just goes about their business. The Matrix, right, did that trope. Vampire the Masquerade. I love that. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I can keep naming them off. All this type of stuff I love. So, I always wanted to be in the secret war when I was younger, right? And I want to do it now. I'm too tired. My knees hurt. I don't want to have to outrun Mausers as they're chasing me into a darkened alley. But back when I was a kid, that would be so dope, right? To be part of a small group of freedom fighters fighting the paranormal creatures that haunt the darkness. Be awesome. So when I came across this post, I was like, dude, this guy might actually be living my dream. Is it possible that Tony is fighting paranormal monsters? You're shaking your head. You're like, of course not, Jason. Something's mentally wrong with this guy. Well, hold on. Is it possible? Is it possible that this guy is fighting the fiends of the darkness that haunts our dreams? They're part of his reality, and he's winning this battle. I look it up. He says for six years, he's been a professional videographer, and he's been documenting the shadow people. I've personally had run-ins with the shadow people. They are... I've never been beaten up by one. I've never had to go to war with one. I wouldn't want to. They're pretty powerful, right? You can just sense 
They're they're not ghosts. They're not demons. We've done a couple episodes on them. I'll put my personal experiences in them, and then other stuff. Like there's a theory that they're the original inhabitants of hell. They predate the demonic fall and the rise of Lucifer. Very fascinating stuff. We don't know how much of it's true, but the shadow people are definitely a real phenomenon. Anyways, he's been documenting the shadow people with his video camera. At this point, I was like, okay, I was kind of expecting him to be like, and I invented a shotgun that you can shoot a hole through a ghost. It's like, okay, he's just videotaping stuff. That's not what I was expecting. I had a little pennant up that said Secret War. And now you're just documenting stuff. But then here, I'm reading his post and it says, I am here to tell the world and show my story of how I've been accosted and tortured by shadow people for the past six years and my attempts to war with them. Okay, so now he's now he's just being like, tomorrow the war begins. But tonight, I'm going to videotape him. So I'm already losing a little bit of my, yeah, shadow war thing. But I'm still in. I'm still in. So when he posted a Dropbox link to one of his videos showing the shadow people, I was I was both eager and not eager to click on it because you never know what you're going to get, right? Well, before I clicked on it, there was a couple people had responded to him posting this, being like, I'm at war with the shadow people. It's been a six-year-long struggle. He posted it on the Ghost subreddit. That was the first place that I saw it. The second, the first comment was like, okay, post the video. So then he posted the Dropbox. The second comment was, bro, you smoke meth. Of course you see shadow people. I was like, oh, are you freaking? <laughs> so I clicked on this guy's profile, this professional videographer. He may have filmed your wedding. <laughs> you don't know. He may have been at your wedding if you live in New York, not only does he post in the ghost subreddit and the truth is here subreddit, which are really good, like paranormal subreddits. He also posts. <laughs> you guys are all super excited. <laughs> For ghosts, you guys are like shadow war. Shadow war the whole time you're listening to the Alzheimer's stuff. You're like, oh, at least he's going to get to some paranormal conflict in the end. And then the father, all that depressing stuff about kids. And you're like, well, this is pretty rough, but at least it's going to end with a guy beating up ghosts. And it's some meth head. It's some weirdo meth head. So I clicked on this, guys. But I'm going somewhere with this. I'm going. This wasn't a trick. This wasn't a trick. Well, not any more than I was tricked, because I was super excited when I saw this. And then the second comment said, bro, you smoke meth. He also posts on the subreddit, tweaker talk. Tweaker talk. So this guy... The fact there are so many meth subreddits, which makes sense because meth people are constantly bored. So you may they're probably just going from board to board looking for someone to talk to. He is on Tweaker Talk. He's on Spun Horny Fun for people who want to have sex on drugs. There's like he's on a couple of those. And the reason why we know where he's located is he's also on New York Hookup. New York hookup subreddit. So with this additional information, I totally clicked on the link. I was like, okay, whatever this guy put on Dropbox, it has to be insane. It's a six minute long video. And it was shot like, I was like, for a professional videographer, he must have pawned his camera off for drugs because this is like terrible video quality. He's videotaping out of his apartment into his neighbor's apartment. So just right there, it's super creepy. 
And it's like a little bit after dusk, so the audio, so the video quality is not that great, but he's videotaping the neighborhood. And you do very clearly see a shadow man. It's one of his neighbors, like walking around his living room. But because the distance is so far and the neighbor is backlit, he looks like he's completely made of shadow. So what we have here is a meth head who's videotaping his neighbors, and he thinks his neighbors are creatures from beyond reality. I mean, that's a setup for a nightmare scenario by any definition, I think. Already that's creepy. Already that's unsettling. He's sitting there, he's videotaping his neighbors now in his defense. His neighbors do kind of look like shadow people. Not just the fact that they're backlit, so you can't really see any facial features, and they look like a shadow. They're also doing some weird stuff. Well, there's only one... one, I don't want to say one shadow person in particular, because it is a real human, but the way he moves, not like in a glitchy way, not because of the poor camera quality or because of the lighting or anything like that, but he just seems to be standing at his window doing some weird stuff. And maybe he's playing a game of charades. Maybe he has a wee fit and he's exercising or something like that. DDR, he's an avid Dance Dance Revolution player. I don't know. It's nothing that energetic. But in this dude's defense, what did we name him? Tony? In this Tony's defense, the guy is acting kind of weird. But let's just step back for a second. Let's just... I'm sure the guy is fine. I'm sure he's not actually neighbors with a shadow person. Think about it right now. As you're listening to this podcast, there's a man videotaping his neighbors because he believes that his neighbors are demons. His neighbors are ghouls and ghosts and shadow people from beyond. And he's talking about going to war with them. Like, just the fact that we have... Like, imagine you're listening to this podcast in New York. You're all, ah! You're looking around. You're, you're making all these weird movements as you're trying to close the blinds. Shadow person confirmed. Like, already, that's creepy, because we have this guy who really likes meth, which is a bad combination, combined with paranoia and living next to you. Who knows what's going to happen? But I also wanted, this is another story I kind of want to step back from for a second, because when I came across this, remember in the beginning I was super excited. I was like, oh, a fellow warrior. That it offend the Earth realm against the Denzians or Dezians, however you pronounce it, of hell. And then I find out this guy's a meth addict. I started to think, is there any other form of research, any other type of inquiry, right? Any other type of group of investigators that has such a problem with mental illness? Because I don't think astronomers really have to deal with people showing up to the giant telescope and they're spun on tons of meth. I don't think there's a whole bunch of mathematicians out there that have, well, actually, they might all be addicted to Adderall. But I think for the most part, even those, they're pretty self-sufficient, right? I don't think there's a bunch of lunatics in the field of biology or chemistry or and i would say even like automotive okay no wonder those people have a bunch of meth heads in them as well but really like the study of the paranormal we do have a lot of lunatics like people with diagnosable illnesses in our field at the very least let's say you're just a hobbyist you just love hearing all of these stories 
And then you have people who are on the ground, like making their living as researchers, as writers, as creators of documentaries and things like that. Why do we have such a problem with mental illness? And I would argue you're like, <laughs> because obviously you guys are talking about crazy things. But I would say, even if you were a meth head and you were, say, into cryptid hunting or Bigfoot and stuff like that, I mean, you might do meth because you live out in Arkansas and you're looking for Bigfoot, but I don't think the two go hand in hand. I don't believe that people who are hunting Bigfoot have a serious mental health issue. And I don't think we see the same thing in UFOlogy. We don't see it in a lot of types of paranormal investigations, even in this niche. I think that mental illness, for whatever reason, it seems to be with ghosts and demons. Now, conspiracy theory, we do have a trouble with meth addicts as well. We have trouble with drug users as well. But I just, I mean, I was thinking about it when I read this, and I was kind of, I was kind of bummed out, and I thought, I don't think there's any other field of inquiry that has such a mental health problem. And I'm not saying, I'm, I'm clearly not saying that everyone who believes in ghosts or shadow men are mentally ill at all, but for whatever reason, the Venn diagram is there between people who believe in the shadow men and people who are non-drug users and people who are drug users. The Venn diagram is there, and I don't believe it's there for UFOlogy. I don't even really think it's there for astrology, people who have an interest in magic, high magic, low magic, what have you. I mean, maybe weed, right? But that's not going to impact your life as much as this, as much as doing methamphetamines. So I wonder what it is. Now, obviously, you can look at it two ways, is that when you look at the world of the paranormal and conspiracies, like I said, those two get the most people in them who have mental health problems. You could see it plays on a worldview that we're not alone, you're never alone, there's always something watching you, and it plays on the worldview that someone is always controlling the strings, so the paranoia that naturally comes along with drugs. But then there's also the conspiracy element of it, and I see this pop up a lot, that when I see a shadow person in my grandma's backyard, and I'm totally sober, I'm looking at a unique phenomenon. I'm looking at something, because when I was seeing these things, the term shadow man wasn't even in the vernacular. Is there something you saw, you described it as a, something darker than dark. It was very, they're very, very weird to look at. The idea is, is that Meth doesn't make you crazy. Meth doesn't make you crazy, and that's why you hallucinate shadow people. Meth, meth makes it so you can perceive that which is already there. That's not, that's not an endorsement for doing meth, but it's not that meth makes you paranoid and begin to hallucinate the shadow people. The shadow people are always there. Now you're seeing them because the meth is interfering with whatever sort of mental block either you've put up or the universe has put up, or whatever. The government is blocking you from seeing these things. So that would be the conspiracy theory, right? Like, that's the reason why you have people who use meth seeing these things, is that it's actually removing the filter. It's, it, you know, it's hard for me to say, because I've seen shadow people. So when it, it, someone, whether they're on meth or not, when they start talking about shadow people, I know what they're talking about. I know what they're talking about. I've seen it, too. I can't really dismiss every time someone sees a shadow person and then it turns out that they're a huge meth head. I can't dismiss it just out of hand and being like, oh, their experience isn't real because they're on meth. But I mean, I wouldn't let them into my house. I'm not going to let them borrow my car or anything. 
but I'm not necessarily going to not believe them because they're on that drug. But again, like, even when I was seeing shadow people, I wasn't spying in other people's houses. I wasn't videotaping other people's houses, right? It was a bizarre phenomenon. I didn't really know how to put it into words. I figured it was a ghost or something. When you see a shadow person, it is the equivalent. I, I, I think the analogy I use, it's like an ant looking up at a human. You clearly can tell that this is something so much more I don't even want to use the word advanced. Um, that's a good word for it. it. Advanced implies some sort of, some sort of comparison, even like even the ant to the human. Like, it's it's it'd be the equivalent of the ant looking at the sun. It's looking at something that is so unknowable to where you're at. It's not just a ghost. The ghost, you can look at a ghost and you go, oh, I understand that that's the spirit of a human or a demon disguising as a human. Even seeing a demon, you can realize that it has some sort of motivation, right? It hates humanity. That's its goal, is to destroy humans. Shadow people are neither of those things. It's like watching... So I, would, I was about to say it's like watching a tidal wave. It's more like watching a tidal wave on another planet. Like It is such a bizarre phenomenon. Out of all of the things I've seen, the shadow men, they... It, 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 it's really hard to compare. It's really hard to compare how you feel when you're... I didn't feel menace. I didn't feel menaced. I didn't feel like I was in danger. I felt like I was watching something that... I was watching something that was not of this world, was not of this reality. And even that seems to be understating it. It's so weird. It's such a weird phenomenon. But it is it is kind of bummy to think like you do have a lot of people with mental health struggles who also are seeing these things and reporting these things. And while it doesn't make me take their stories any less seriously, it does make you kind of take the stories less seriously when you when you think about it. Right. This guy may be seeing shadow people. Probably not. He's probably just seeing his neighbors. Like once I looked at the video. But again, like, tomorrow I'm going to be researching more stuff, and you do start to think, like, is the guy reporting this, is he just crazy? When you come across conspiracy theories, right, when you start, what was that? I was reading a conspiracy theory recently, I'll, I'll see if I can find it in the show notes. A guy believed that his, the guy who installed his uh, sliding glass door was a convicted child a sex offender, which apparently that part's true, right? He said, like, he knew for a fact that the guy was a sex offender. And then that same guy started putting in the doors on his neighbor's house. Here's a pro tip, dude. If you find out the guy installing your doors is a sex offender, get new doors installed. And secondly, if you see your neighbor also getting doors from that guy, just tell him that that's not a good, just tell him that's not a wise idea. But anyways, he said, he was reading this post and he goes, my doors got installed and the guy did a good job. <laughs> Other than the fact that he's a child predator, he knows his workmanship. He installed my doors, and then, like, a month or two later, they start installing the doors in my neighbor's house, and I noticed my my internet dropped down. Like, my internet bandwidth just cratered. Like, he goes, when you were playing video games or watching movies or anything like that, everything was super slow. Then he said, one day, a bunch of cops swarmed his neighbor's house. And then after they swarmed his neighbor's house, and if I remember correctly, I didn't plan on covering this, but we've kind of moved into this. If I remember correctly, they arrested the guy, the door installer, and his wife. His wife was also helping him install doors. They got arrested. I, I, don't, I can't swear on that detail. But anyways, the cops swarmed the neighbor's house, and then all of a sudden, 
the dude, the original guy, got his like his his internet bandwidth returned to normal. So it was this idea like maybe these guys who this guy and his wife when they installed his doors, maybe they somehow tapped into his internet and was doing God knows what. Doing God knows what on his internet. And I'm reading this post, and then like maybe like two-thirds of the way down, he goes, Hey guys, I also gotta let you know that I have a major psychological problem and I've been unmedicated for a while. <laughs> and you're like, okay. Okay, so how much of this story is real? Like different parts of it, maybe. Maybe the guy's not a convicted sex offender. Maybe that it's some sort of delusion he came up with. Right. And it was interesting because I was reading the when I read that, I was like, damn it. Like how again, like you automatically start questioning everything in the narrative above it, which you should question it when you see anonymous postings online. But then you double and triple and quadruple question it when you realize that the person telling you the story is knows that they need medication or psychosis and they're not taking their medication. It's interesting because the replies to it was you have a family, you have kids. And now that you got a child sex offender to install your door, but why aren't you medicated? Like, if you know you're not medicated and you're not taking your medicine, you're putting everyone at risk. And the very least, your kids realize that you're not acting normally. And it was just interesting to see people react like that, saying you need to stay medicated for your children. But you have that, right? You have that crossover. I'll put that whole thing in the show notes, but you have this crossover between conspiracy theories and paranormal and mental illness and drug use. And I don't really see it in any other type of, even the fun stuff we talk about, like again, like UFOs and cryptids and missing people. Those might be caused by the drug addicts. They might be the ones snatching them out of the woods, but why ghosts? Why specifically ghosts and shadow men and demons? Why does it attract the drug users and the mentally ill? As well as the people who are neither of those things, right? It's a fascinating story, and let's not forget that right now, as you're listening to this, there is a man videotaping his neighbors in New York, believing that they are demons, believing that they are shadow people, and believing he's at war with them, believing that they have accosted him and tortured him. And they live right next door to this guy. He's sitting in his house, smoking meth, having these paranoid delusions and typing about it online. Hey, it's a free country, right? I mean, it's illegal to smoke meth, but whatever. It's a free country. If you want to have these insane beliefs, you're allowed to. But what happens when the beliefs become action? When he's tired of being tortured by these shadow people in his neighborhood. And he decides it is finally time to turn this war into a bloodbath. What happens then? A paranormal story can turn to a true crime tragedy at any moment. And right now in New York City, that moment grows closer every single day. DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be our email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash DeadRabbitRadio. TikTok is at DeadRabbitRadio. Dead Rabbit Radio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day, but I'm glad you listened to it today. Have a great one.